0: Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. If you will, to turn to in your Bibles the First Chronicles 22. two. First Chronicles 22. Told our Sunday school class as we were leaving. Uh, Eric, as always, did a wonderful job in teaching us this morning. And uh, we looked, we've been going through the Bible and we kind of were at the life of David as I've been mentioning we've been studying through the Bible and um, we were looking at David's failure this morning and Eric brought out some wonderful, wonderful lessons of from that situation and applied it of course in the context of Father's Day and uh, some powerful application and wonderful uh, lessons that we learned but I told them before we left it's going to be we're going to get to see a unique picture of David at least for those that were in our class because we looked at his life and lessons we can learn as a father from his lowest point and what we're going to find though is David uh, we're going to see an exemplary side of David and there's a lesson a, or a message however you want to say it in that and that David failed failed miserably but First Chronicles 22 will show us that God can restore us, God can set our feet back on the right path and God can still use us and so if uh, well, if you find yourself in a situation where there's been failure, where there's sin, then even where, what we're studying this morning can speak to you in the sense that God can restore and God can mend fellowship and God can still use you. Because we're going to look at this morning as a powerful moment between David and his son named Solomon, a passage of Scripture that came to my mind prevalently as I, uh, been, as I began preparing for today and it being, being Father's Day as well. So if you would, as we read these verses of Scripture, verses 1 through 19, we're going to read the chapter I ask you, if you will, to stand in honor and reference to the word of the Lord as we read. The Bible says, says this, Then David said, This is the house of the Lord God, and this is the altar of the burnt offering for Israel. And David commanded to gather together the strangers that were in the land of Israel, and he sent masons to hew wrought stones to build the house of God. And David prepared iron in abundance for the nails for the doors of the gates and for the joinings and brass in abundance without weight. Also cedar trees in abundance for the Sidonians, and they of Tyre and brought much cedar wood to David. And here's where David and his son begin. Uh, we see both of them in the picture. The Bible says, David said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender, and the house that is to be builded for the Lord must be exceeding magnifical of fame and of glory throughout all countries, I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. Then he called for Solomon his son and charged him to build an house for the Lord God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, My son, as for me, it was in my mind to build an house unto the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Thou hast shed blood abundantly and hast made great wars. Thou shalt not build an house unto my name, because thou hast shed much blood upon the earth in my sight. Behold, a son shall be born to thee who shall be a man of rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies round about, for his name shall be Solomon, and I will give peace and quietness unto Israel in his days. He shall build an house for my name, and he shall be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, the Lord be with thee, and prosper thou, and build the house of the Lord thy God, as he hath said of thee. Only the Lord give thee wisdom and understanding, and give thee charge concerning Israel, that thou mayest keep the law of the Lord thy God. Then shalt thou prosper, if thou takest heed to fulfill the statutes and judgments which the Lord charged Moses with concerning Israel. Be strong and of good courage, dread not nor be dismayed. Now behold, in my trouble I have prepared for the house of the Lord an hundred thousand talents of gold, and a thousand. 1,000 talents of silver and of brass and iron without weight, for it is in abundance. Timber also and stone have I prepared, and thou mayest add thereto. Moreover, there are workmen with thee in abundance, hewers and workers of stone and timber, and all manner of cunning men for every manner of work. Of the gold, the silver, and the brass, and the iron there is no number. Arise, therefore, and be doing, and the Lord be with thee. David also commanded all the princes of Israel to help Solomon his son, saying, is not the Lord your God with you? And hath He not given you rest on every side? For He hath given the inhabitants of the land into mine hand, and the land is subdued before the Lord and before His people. Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Arise, therefore, and build ye the sanctuary of the Lord God, to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God into the house that is to be built to the name of the Lord. Our Father, we thank you for the reading of your word this morning. Thank you for allowing us another opportunity to partake in communion. God, we thank you for your body that was broken for us and your blood that was shed for us. Thank you for enduring the wrath of God on our behalf so that we can be appointed to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, Lord, as we focus our heart upon your word and uh, in these particular verses in 1 Chronicles, God, I pray that you help us to receive it with humility Lord, help me to deliver your word with truth and with accuracy and with integrity so that what I say is exactly what thus saith the Lord. And God, would you help us to uh, be humble as we come before you? And Lord, I pray that you be worshiped during this time. Lord, help us as men, help our fathers to grow in their role that you have given them and in their responsibility. Lord, our young men that's here today that are not fathers as of yet, would you use today to prepare them for that day so that they can step into that role and be godly fathers? Lord, help our ladies, our young ladies that may not be married yet, to learn as we look in the Scriptures what it mean, what they should look for in a potential husband and one day father to their children. Lord, help us all to grow wherever we're at, whatever stage of life we're at, whatever our situation. God, just use your word and apply it to our life. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for first loving us. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing this morning. You can be seated. Today is a great day for looking back on the memorable moments, memorable moments with your with your dad, with your father. It's a great day. It's almost natural. I mean, it's probably hard not to reflect upon special moments. Maybe as a father that you've had with your son. And while writing those words, I reflected, of course, over memories that I have of my own father. I'm grateful to the Lord for my dad and the role he has played in shaping me into who I am. If I've ever known what it is to have for someone to have my back. I have learned what that is through my dad. My dad, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, has my back. All the football games I ever played, and all the football games my brothers ever played, any sport we ever played, I don't know that my dad ever missed a single, a single game that we played. Uh, one special memory I have of my dad is uh, this past football season when I was coaching and we were. Uh, the final seconds of the Apple Bowl were ticking to an end, and we were going to be able to come out on top. I remember uh, feeling this insanely cold bath of water come over me, and they had taken the cooler and dumped the water on me, and I thought it figured it maybe it was some of the guys on the team, but then an arm wrapped around my shoulder, and my dad was celebrating and excited. He was more excited than I was, and that was a special moment that I was able to share with my dad. He had come down and grabbed the cooler and dumped me with it, and that and that time, and it was cold. as cold that night as it was all winter, I think, but I still would not take that time back for anything in my life. Well, our text this morning describes a moment in Solomon's life that I'm sure he looked back on and thanked God for as well. In this passage of Scripture, we see a special moment happening between a father and a son. The father, of course, is David, his son, and we're speaking of is Solomon, and David, as we learn in these verses, did an amazing job of setting his son up for success. And the success I'm talking about is not necessarily earthly success, political success. I mean, those things are contained in here. But there's much deeper success that David is setting up Solomon for. He's setting Solomon up for spiritual success. He's setting Solomon up so that he can serve God and fulfill the will of God for his life. I think the heart of any Christian father should be to do the same for your own children, to set them up for spiritual success in their life. And so what I want us to do this morning is look through these verses and highlight a few things in which David did that set Solomon up for spiritual success in his life and see if we can't glean some things that we can do as men and as fathers today to set our children up for spiritual success in their life. So, what I want you to look at, first of all, with me is in the first 10 verses is David set an example for Solomon of what it looks like to follow God. In the beginning verse, David declares that this is the house of the Lord God. If you have a different like an ESV, or a different translation, it may say something about David says, Here, this is the place where we will set up the house of the Lord God. And according to chapter 21 and verse 28, David is at the threshing floor of Ornan. That's where David is at. And he's saying, Here, this is the place where the temple of the Lord should be built. And David then begins in verse number two to gather the strangers, in other words, gather the people that were not of Israel, that were foreigners, that from they may be taken as hostages from their conqueror, their, the battles that they fought. And so those people, he brought them in, the masons, the hew Raw stones. He's preparing people to begin this building massive project to build the temple. Of the Lord. In verse 3, he's preparing iron for the nails of the door of the gates, for the joinings and the brass in abundance. He's gathering all this stuff, cedar trees in verse 4. He's getting ready for this project that's going to begin to take place, this building for the temple of the Lord. And then David says in verse 5, My son Solomon is young and tender. Don't know the exact age that Solomon is in these verses. John MacArthur said he's maybe between 20 and 30 years old at this point. That's Solomon's age, and he's about to be charged with this incredible project. And David says, describes his son as young and tender. The word tender refers to something delicate or soft. It can refer to something that or someone who's undeveloped in character. I was kind of laughed as I was studying this because I think if Glenn could describe me in one way or another, he'd probably say he's young and tender. He likes to give me a, a hard time. But what we know about Solomon is his age, he's young, and tender means ultimately he's inexperienced. David sees that he don't have a lot of experience as leader. He don't have a lot of experience in leading projects. He's young, and he's got a massive task ahead of him. He's going to be the one that's going to have to lead the building of the temple of God. David explains that this house is going to have to be magnificent and extravagant. And so one way in which David set an example for Solomon is in, and is in magnifying and in pointing out and envisioning, if you will, the glory of God. David was concerned about God's glory. David understood that this temple could not, they weren't just going to throw up four walls, put a roof over it and say, that'll do. David said, this house is going to have to be magnificent of fame and of glory throughout all countries. David knew that he served a mighty God, and he knew that he deserved a magnificent temple. There's no building they could have built to truly reflect and resemble the glory of God, but David wanted to do the best that he could to build a building that set an example that served as an illustration to the wonderful worth and beauty and magnificence of God. David was, in his actions and in his intent on building the temple and the way it must be built is teaching his son about the glory of God, the extreme worth of God. This morning, fathers, do your children see the glory of God through you? If you halfway live out your Christian life, then they're not going to see the glory of God through your life. David knew that God's were, this house that was going to be built as, his, as to his honor cannot be halfway done. It cannot be taken lightly. Because David understood something about the glory of God. David, God was everything to David. And David was going to as best as he could try to build this temple to reflect that. Fathers, as you live out your life, as you conduct your life, do your children see that God is everything to you? Father should help his children see the incredible worth and glory of God. As Warren Weersby writes, David wanted to be sure that Solomon would honor the Lord and not build a monument to honor himself. David was helping his son understand that we should not seek to build up our own glory; rather, we should strive to make God's glory more visible to others. The way you live your life—if you live your life—and in honor of Him, and to honor Him, to magnify Him, then you're going to help your children see His worth. Imagine being Solomon and what David is telling you, that this house has got to be magnificent of fame and of glory. Nothing should compare to this house. All these, the gold, the silver, the brass, all this stuff that's being prepared. Think about how that's speaking to Solomon about who God is and about His worth and His value. They weren't just going to throw up a shack and say, that'll be the Lord's house. That was not going to cut it. And David is teaching his son Solomon that about the glory of God. And then David in verse number 6 begins to speak directly to his son. And he charges him, he says, you're going to have to build this house for the Lord God of Israel. David, he charges to him, explains to him then in verses 7 through 10 why he can't build it. So in other words, Solomon might say, well, Dad, if this is such a big deal, why don't you do it? If you've got such great plans, if you've got such a heart to do this, why don't you do it? Well, David tells him why he can't do it and why Solomon is the one that's going to have to to build this temple. David had been a man of war. David had been a man that had shed blood. And so God had told him that he was not going to be allowed. But God said, I'll give you a son and he will have times of rest and then he can build this temple to my name. And in this charge from David to Solomon, David set another powerful example. David set an example of what a life submitted to God looks like. Again, think about, what, think about Solomon being Solomon, hearing this as these words are coming into your ears. David, your father saying, son, as for me, it was in my mind, in verse number 7, to build a house under the name of the Lord. Son, I wanted to do this. I wanted to build a house for my God. But the word of the Lord came to me and said, thou hast shed blood abundantly has made great wars. And God said, Thou shalt not build an house unto my name, because I shed much blood. Behold, blood upon the earth in my sight. David is saying, This is what I wanted to do. This is what my plans were. This is what I had in place. But then God's plan changed my plan. God and His Word changed all that. And what Father's need and what fathers must seek to live out is a life of submission to God, that our life is directed by God's Word the same way that David's heart was. God had a direction for David in His Word and God has the same for us today as fathers in His Word. He has direction for us. In other words, this morning, what are you going to do when God says, Thou shalt not do when you want to do? Will you obey how you respond when you want to do something, you have a desire to do something, you have a direction, you want to take your family, you have uh, something you want to do, but God says, thou shalt not do it. David set an example for his son of what it means to live in obedience to God. I think it's fair to say that David set an example of just an overall sincere life of faith. He's explaining all this, if he's building a temple to the invisible God, there's faith. If he's saying this house has to be magnificent to try to symbolize the glory of God as best we can, or try to reflect, rather, uh, the glory of God as best we can, he's showing his son what it is to live a life of faith. If he's saying, son, I was going to build this thing, but God said I couldn't, so now I'm charging you, he's showing his son what it is to live out a sincere and genuine life of faith. Fathers, do you do that for your children? Do they see you living out your faith sincerely and genuinely? Your children see that you have put faith in the God of the Bible and your sincere worship in response to Him, that you have seen Him in His glory and wonder, and now you're living your life in light of that. But not only did David set an example, David made preparations, and you could, you could say this as part of setting the example. David is making preparations as the verses open up. David begins gathering all these different things to put them in place for his son, David explains again that, son, I can't do this because I was, I was a man of war. I had battles to fight. I had lands to clear and people to conquer. And he says, but God is going to give you times of, of peace. And I was thinking as I was uh, meditating on that aspect of the text that you know, God has a work for each of us to do. David was the one who had to fight the battles. David was a man who had to win wars. Solomon was going to be his son of that ruled during restful times. and God was going to give Solomon quietness and peace. Everything that we go through, the seasons of life we face, all these different things are for a reason. David, David may have wondered from time to time, why do I have to fight all these battles? Why do I have to conquer all these enemy nations? Well, David was fighting these battles so that one day his son could have times of peace and times of rest. So father today, mother today, whoever you are today, you may be in seasons of, of struggle, you may be in seasons of confrontation and fighting, but understand God gives seasons for a purpose. God was using these times of battle to ultimately give David and his son peace in times of rest. It also explains to you the importance of the battles, the struggles that you face in life because David didn't understand how he was setting up his son and. Parents, today you don't understand how the battles you're fighting may be protecting your family for years and years to come. If David, in other words, gave up and says, I'm tired of fighting battles, we have enough land. I'm tired of fighting, I'm not doing it anymore. Then he was going to make things really hard on his son one day because his son was going to have to build the temple and clear out the lands. The battles you fight are important. The struggles we go through is important. If David failed in his work, then he was setting up Solomon for failure. You never know as a father how the present fight that you're fighting might be fighting back hell and all of its evil over your family for generations to come. So keep fighting. And if you're enjoying peaceful times, understand that God don't give you peaceful times and restful times for you to sit back and squander it away. God gave Solomon peace and rest so that he could focus his energy on building the temple. Seasons of life are all for a purpose. And all for a reason. And God uses them again to accomplish purposes and His plan in our life. David knew that Solomon had a very difficult task in front of him. And David knew he couldn't build the temple. But David said, I can do everything I can to help my son in his service to God. David took it upon himself. David made it his responsibility to do everything he could to help Solomon do what God wanted him to do. So this morning, are you doing all that you can to help your children, to help beyond that the generations after you? Are you doing all you can to help them live in this world for God? Because just like David understood about Solomon, he said, my son is young and tender, he's young and inexperienced, and this project is going to be massive. He understood his son was going to need all the help he could get. Well, I'm not telling you any fresh news this morning when I say that living in this world for God is not an easy task. And as fathers, we must have some perspective on that and do all that we can in helping our children live in this world for God. The question becomes easily, I guess, how do we make preparations? What does that look like? Obviously, your children are probably not going to have to build a temple Well, my simple answer to that would be do anything you can to help those coming after you. Teach them the Word of the Lord, bringing them to church and getting them invested in the the work of God, in the house of God, at home, maybe reading that book and you respond to that book and try to carry out the, uh, the things that that book teaches you. Anything you can do to try to help the generation to come. Maybe sending them to youth camp. You could put a lot of things under what it means to make preparations, anything to try to help the generation after you and to make their path in serving God a little bit easier. Because Solomon was going to have to build the temple regardless. This charge was going to be placed upon him. But now because of his father, he had all the materials and even the workmen in place. His task is now a whole lot easier than if he was starting from scratch. Anything that makes things a little bit easier for the generation to come, that paves the way a little bit smoother for them. That's making preparations. And then finally in verses 11-19, through 19, David taught his children, taught his son to obey the Lord. David set the example, but he also took the time to verbally instruct his son and to tell him to obey the Lord. Your example is what gives your words power, but there's also a place and a need for t- just verbally telling your sons and teaching them to obey the Lord and to follow Him. And that's what David is going to do, especially in verses 11 through 19. One powerful thing he taught his son, he says, Now in my son, in verse 11, the Lord be with thee and prosper thou and build the house of the Lord thy God as he has said of thee. First thing David's doing to his son is teaching his son to depend on the Lord. First thing he says is not not Solomon, get your hammer, get your chisel. He says, The Lord be with you. Solomon, if you're going to get this task done, if there's ever going to be a temple stood up in honor of the Lord, then the Lord's gonna to have to be with you. Fathers, one of the best things you can teach your children is to live in dependence on the Lord. As parents, another aspect of your role is to teach your children, obviously, to be independent, to be self sufficient in many different ways. But one way in which they can never, one thing they must never forget and must never lose sight of is that in spite of all that, we must live totally and completely by leaning on the Lord. And that's what David is teaching Solomon here. He says, the Lord be with you, and prosper you, and build the house of the Lord. First thing he's teaching him is not that, son, this is going to depend on your strength. This is going to depend on your leadership. By his opening words, he's saying this project is going to depend on the Lord and Him being with you. So in all the lessons, dads, that you teach your children, teach them ultimately to lean upon and follow the Lord. This is the essence of our salvation. We're trusting the Lord. We're leaning upon Him to save us, to wash us clean. Our whole life of faith is based on this principle of depending and totally leaning on the Lord. But he also then says in verse 12, The Lord give thee wisdom and understanding and give thee charge concerning Israel that thou mayest keep the law of the Lord thy God. He says there in verse in verse 12, again, to give thee charge concerning Israel that thou mayest keep the law of the Lord thy God. Solomon now knows that he must be careful to obey the law of the Lord. Based on the covenant, verse 13 says, Then shalt thou prosper, if thou takest heed, to fulfill the statutes and judgment which the Lord charged Moses with concerning Israel. Based on the covenant that God gave David, the Davidic covenant, Solomon's obedience was dependent on the success of the nation of Israel, dependent on the success of God's people. David is teaching his son to be active in serving the Lord, to follow the will of the Lord. And he tells him, Be strong and of a good courage. Dread not nor be dismayed. Giving him encouragement. To yes, Solomon, there's going to be days it's hard. There's going to be days where it might be easier for you to say, I'd rather do something else. But he says, Son, be strong and be of good courage. To do what God has placed you here to do. David has told him he's going to have to build the house. Remember, don't forget, Solomon is young, he's tender, as the King James Version says, but God had a work for him to do. Young person, I want you to hear the word of the Lord this morning that you might be young, but God has a work for you to do. God has a place of service for you. The question, I think, then becomes to you as a young person or any stage of life, but the question is, are you, are you answering the charge? Whatever Solomon's plans were at this point, they've now been changed. And God's direction for his life has now been made clear. Solomon knew what God wanted out of his life. Solomon may have said, well, when I wanted to take the throne, I wanted to do this, and I wanted to enact this policy change, and I wanted to do this, and I wanted to do that. But now Solomon, if he's going to follow God's will, can't do those things, at least not at the expense of building the temple. The temple had to be his focus, because that's the charge that God had given him. So young person, you may at times in your life say, well, I've got my own thing going on, I've got my own thing I want to do. But when the Lord makes His will clear for your life, I want you to understand it is your responsibility to follow Him. It is your responsibility to lay down your plans, to lay down your ambitions when they're not in line with God's and embrace His will for your life. It's our responsibility to mold our lives into what He would have them to be. And young person, I want you to hear loudly the charge that David gives his son Solomon. At the end of verse number 16, what does he tell him? He says, Arise therefore and be doing, and the Lord be with thee. Young person, father, mother, grandfather, grandmother, whatever your situation is today, whatever uh, roles you find yourself in, I want to give you this same charge this morning. Arise and be doing. All this conversation is is wonderful. It's a powerful, beautiful conversation between a father and a son. But all of it means nothing. The sentimentality of it, the precious nature of it, a, a special moment between a father and a son means nothing if Solomon one day didn't build the temple. All these preparations would have been wasted. Imagine how sad it would have been if all this gold, all this silver, all this brass, all these different resources were sitting in a warehouse somewhere and Solomon never got the temple built. It's been a sad and tragic day. Well, unfortunately, in our world today, we have a lot of people, a lot of young people who don't take advantage of the preparations that were made for them. We have a lot of young people squandering the blessed situation that God has given them. Don't waste the precious resources that God has given you. Arise and be doing. Step into the service of God. Don't squander what God has given you. If God has put Davids in your life that are preparing the way, then don't waste that. If Solomon lackadaisically worked on the temple so that it was never done, then all this would have been in vain and all this means nothing. Solomon eventually had to get this project started and see it through. If you've had Davids in your life, people that you can think about who you know that have made your life and Serving the Lord easier. It would do you well. It would probably do them well if you thank them for serving in that role. To doing what they can to making your path easier to serve the Lord. And as a father this morning, don't think that your sphere of influence has to be limited to your home. Notice in the final verses, verses 17 through 19, David also gets all the princes, all of his other leaders, and he says, tells them they must help his son. Tells them something very similar. He says, is, this, is it not the Lord your God with you? And has He not given you rest on every side? For He hath given the inhabitants of the land into mine hand, and the land is subdued before the Lord and before His people. So He tells them similarly, Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Arise therefore and build. Same charge to them. Arise and build. Ye are the sanctuary of the Lord God, to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God into the house of That is to be built to the name of the Lord. David recognized that he could impact people outside of his home for God as well. He gathers all his leaders and tells them, again, something very similar he told Solomon. God has given you these times of rest for a reason. He charged them to help his son to build this temple, to seek the Lord with all their heart and their soul, to build this sanctuary. Fathers, understand that, yes, your first place of impact can be and should be your home, But your impact don't have to be limited to your home. You can impact others, young men around you by telling them to serve the Lord, encouraging them to do what God would have them to do. As we prepare this morning for an invitation, I'll ask our musicians, if they will, to begin to prepare. And Ms. Karen, you can begin to play as you find your your place there on the piano good question I think to reflect on this morning is what what will your legacy be as a father what are you going to leave behind for your children once you're at home with your heavenly father Again, you answer that in light of David's situation David had left his son David, we talked about David had failed but David is going to leave his son with all this stuff in place and he, David is, can say I think it's fair to say that David could say, I've done everything I can to help my son. To set him up for success, that he can fulfill the will of the Lord for his life. Dads, would you be able to say that? I ask you, if you will, to stand with me this morning. Dr. David Jeremiah writes, David teaches every Christian to dream beyond the span of his or her life, leaving a legacy that will live on after death. This morning, your children may remember you as a person who helped them athletically, financially, and intellectually. And certainly that would be excellent. I think as a father, we should seek to impact children in every way possible. But if you leave them with a legacy in each of these areas, but you don't leave them with a spiritual legacy, you've you've not done all for your children that God expects you to do. Your children may remember you as the one who taught them how to ride a bike, Your children may remember you as the one who taught them how to swing a bat. Your children may remember you as the one who taught them how to throw a ball. Or they may remember you as the one who taught them how to drive a straight drive. But will they remember you as the one who taught them how to worship and serve God? That's a question we need to address and ask ourselves this morning. we leaving our children with? What will we leave behind when we're no longer here with them? As Miss Heather comes around and leads us in a song of invitation, if you need to come and pray this morning, these altars are open. If there's some of your Davids here in your life this morning and you want to take this invitation and walk by and thank them for doing what they can to help you, then I believe that'd be fitting as well. If the Lord has dealt with your heart in any way to respond to His Word in this immediate time of invitation, I urge you just to be obedient to Him as Miss Heather leads us.